Hello, everyone. My name is Alex DeSerio here with Travis Auer. And let me start off today's podcast with a quote from one of the greatest boxers of all time, Muhammad Ali. Champions are made from something they have deep inside them, a desire, a dream, a vision. Close quote. Welcome to our, to our very first leadership lesson for sports managers, a podcast that discuss how popular leadership books connect to leadership theories and how sports managers could use the lessons in these books in their personal and professional lives. Before I let Travis introduce himself, I think it's probably smart for me to go into discussing who I am. Uh, I'm currently a second year graduate student at Illinois State University. My collegiate education journey also started here where I obtained a BS in exercise science with a minor in business administration. Now in my second and final year of my master's degree, pursuing an MS in exercise physiology, I've always been uh, someone who has been fascinated by icons who represent leadership like Mr. Ali and learning more and more what it takes to become a leader. The book I will be discussing today is The Leadership Challenge, How to Make Extraordinary Things Happen in Organizations by James M. Kazus and Barry Z. Posner. But before we get into that, here's Travis with a little bit about himself. Hello, everyone. And as Alex said, welcome. I'm currently in my second year as a graduate student studying biomechanics at Illinois State University. Formerly com completed my bachelor's degree at Illinois State with Alex in exercise science as well. Before I was getting my associate's degree playing baseball at Heartland Community College here in Normal, Illinois. Currently, I'm a strength conditioning coach at a local gym where I have worked with over hundreds of athletes and 20 adults around the clock, helping them better their skills, be healthier all around individuals. So this leadership stuff is something that I take very much to heart and apply this stuff to work every single day. Leadership skills for me are, like I said, the daily use, and I have to direct, communicate, observe, and uh, critique my clients in the gym every single day. So I have to take this stuff with me everywhere I go. The book I read for this podcast is John Maxwell's The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and that is something we will be discussing later on. All right. Now that you got to know Travis and I a little bit, um, it's probably good to go over the agenda and the purpose of this episode. So uh, what Travis and I will be really diving into um, based off our books uh, we had read was discuss these main points. What is leadership? What good leadership means? What makes someone a good leader? How do our books connect to the articles and theories covered in our K&R 430 sports industry class? And how we think what we read can be applied by sports professionals in their professional and personal lives. Um, before, but first, first, sorry, <laughs> before we get into uh, covering some of those questions, um, we're going to go over and discuss the summaries of our books so you guys can get a general understanding of what we're saying when we get into these questions um, regarding our books. So starting with my book, again, uh, the title, how, The Leadership Challenge, How to Make Extraordinary Things Happen in Organizations. Um, in today's fast-changing world, leaders play a crucial role in leading and uniting people to solve world's challenges. The Leadership Challenge is about mobilizing people to create extraordinary results and uniting people to turn challenges into successes. Based on a 30 years of research, Kazus and Posner found five timeless practices of exemplary leadership behind the extraordinary results. Organizations whose leaders or senior leaders strongly demonstrate the five practices delivered strong financial performance over a five-year period compared to their counterparts with net income growth of almost 18 times higher. One more time, that's 18 times higher. And stock prices growth 
of almost three times higher. In the Leadership Challenge, the book outlines five practices of exemplary leadership and dives into how to understand as well to utilize every practice. So starting with number one, the first uh, exemplary leadership practice, model the way. Number two, inspired a shared vision. Number three, challenge the process. Number four, enable others to act. Number five, encourage the heart. Anyone can be a leader, the book goes on to suggest. Exemplary leaders exist everywhere in every geography, industry, and demographic. And the best organizations, everyone is encouraged to act like a leader. The book is packed with more than 100 real-life examples and case studies with background on relevant research and experiments to help the leader, a reader, sorry, understand five leadership practices and how to apply them. Each chapter ends with a take action segment with a suggested action step to get started. Um, as Travis and I make our way through each main topic and question we will be covering in this podcast, I will discuss how each of the five practices of this exemplary leadership play a role as a leader. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And much like the Leadership Challenge, um, my book, The 21 Laws, are laid out in ready-made tools, essentially, as in guidelines of skills that people can use to help create, build, and maintain their leadership. Each law comes with its own life stories from John Maxwell, along with examples of what to expect from each law. Quickly here, um, the laws, all 21, are the law of lid, the law of influence, the law of process, the law of navigation, the law of addition, the law of solid ground, the law of respect, the law of intuition, the law of magnetism, the law of connection, the law of inner circle, the law of empowerment, the law of picture, the law of buy-in, the law of victory, the law of the big mo, momentum, the law of priorities, the law of sacrifice, the law of timing, the law of explosive growth, and lastly, the law of legacy. I'll go into depth in some of those, um, but for the most part, just know that those are all just the main staples that John Maxwell sees as all of these individual pillars of being a great leader. Okay, now you go ahead and read those back to me without looking at your notes, please. <laughs> no chance. Not a chance on all 21 of those whatsoever. It's kind of incredible that he... Um you know, came up with all 21 of these. So most people would have like, here's your three laws and like, here's oh. what you're going to be going into yeah, for leadership. But just, no, he's got 21. Let's just throw 21 out there 21, and see man. if you can memorize these all. That's that's part of it at the end here is, oh. you know, knowing that you can't remember all these, but you just need to kind of be more of a well-rounded individual <laughs> going through all this stuff. So so I need to ask, when you uh, when you picked your book and you knew you were going to work with me, did you uh, make sure it had more laws or practices than my five? Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I was like, I can't even beat him by two. I got to like beat him by three or four take, times. Take, the yeah, amount, and then we're going to be done. Four. All right. So let's move into our first question. What is leadership? So uh, according to my book or based off my book, leadership <laughs> starts with the inward journey of discovering yourself. Practice one, model the way, does an excellent job explaining what leadership is by breaking it down into two counterparts, clarifying values and setting the example. Beginning with the first key component, clarifying values, uh, to be a credible leader, you must first get clear about your values and guiding principles. Only when you have found your inner voice can you express it authentically. 
as a leader, you need to know your values. Your values, which is collaboration, loyalty, honesty, a magnitude of those and combination of those, got everything that we do, including your judgments, decisions, interactions, and commitments. When you know and com communicate your values clearly, others can commit to take the journey with you. You also need to be able to express yourself in words. Once you know what you want to say, you must give voice to them. It's one of those things where actions speak louder than words. So giving voice to your words goes a long way. Use your own words so people know they are listening to you. And lastly, with this component, a leader must be able to affirm shared values amongst his or her team or group. The key is to concurrently honor diversity in the organization while identifying common values that are shared by others. By affirming these shared values, you A, develop a common understanding of what is expected, and B, remind people why they are care about their work. So again, by sharing these uh, same values as one another, you're all on the same page, you're all working towards that common goal, and you're all working to tackle the same task, whether you are all doing separate things that will lead to that success, or you're all on the same page working towards that one task or multiple of tasks. The second key component to what makes up leadership is being able to set the example. Be the role model of the behaviors you expect from others. Demonstrate that you are truly serious about them. You must be able to live your values that are shared amongst your team or group. What you do speaks louder than what you say, so make sure you lead by example, as previously discussed. In the book, the author explains what this, this entitles, including how you spend your time, what you say slash ask, ask, sorry, and seeking feedback. Not only should you be able to follow these values and lead by example, but you should also be able to teach others to model the values you hold high as a leader. Seek to align words and deeds at all levels of the organization so everyone is a role model. Essentially, when you are with a group, what you do when you're with and or without that group should match with each other. You shouldn't have different values when you're with a, with a certain group or by yourself or if you're with another group. Your values should align with who you are as a person, whether you are with a group or without a group, whether you're trying to accomplish a task or you're not trying to accomplish a task. All your values throughout life should hold constant. Travis? I feel like you're ready to write your own book. I know. I know. Absolutely. All I think right. that's what I do if this well, doesn't work out for me. So for my book here, uh, leadership comes in many different forms. John Maxwell believes that leaders are not made in one day and that they are people that are not born to be leaders. They're molded over time through experiences, through failures, through successes, through all aspects of life. Leaders will have to follow at some point. They will learn from those before them and apply their knowledge to the present and the future to what they're doing now. It is a combination of all the 21 laws that he talks about that allows a leader to maintain and thrive in their settings. Leaders are not only leaders not only have to think about themselves and the goal at hand, but also the followers that for their well-being and their growth as well. As much as I would like to get into the depth of each law, I'll touch base on a broader spectrum more on some individual laws. I think as we would love through. a two-hour podcast. Let's just <laughs> do it right now. Let's go at it. Let's go laws. at it. That sounds fantastic. Um, but you know, just knowing and trusting the process, navigating um, each team or a group that you work with, giving respect to followers and getting respect from those followers, sacrificing not only uh, for them, but knowing what needs to be sacrificed as a group. And uh, lastly, the legacy that the leader leaves behind, knowing that they influence the followers 
down the road, they influence the future leaders that are going to come back and take their place. So there's a lot of aspects that kind of go along there. And each one of these 21 laws just kind of bounce off each other. So, you know, it's, it's one big circle almost of, of laws that you can just kind of intertwine between all of them. It's, you know, pretty, it's pretty neat. Honestly, if this whole podcast thing works for us, we should probably just go into each of your laws and we can make 21 podcasts, give some people the new stuff every single time. All right. Now that we, <laughs> uh, now that we went into what leadership is, let's go into what good leadership is. Um, practice four, enable others to act, goes into a lot of detail describing what good leadership is aside from the individual leader. A big dream can only be fulfilled through a team that has trust in relationships, competence, and confidence. Strengthening others by giving them confidence and developing their competence um, helps them to feel like at a deep sense of belonging and ownership. Good leadership can be divided into two components, fostering collaboration and strengthening others. Looking at fostering collaboration, the first thing I thought of when reading about this is what better than having one brain on a task that, uh, or a project? Um, clearly, the answer would be multiple brains. Um, so good leadership caters to an environment where collaboration is often occurrence and is an emphasis among a group or a team. Not only do you get that social interaction that bonds and builds teams groups closer together, you also have the, uh, also be able to come up with a better solution or end product that you otherwise wouldn't have if you were to take up uh, it all on uh, by your own. Uh, collaboration also leads into the second component of strengthening others by enabling individuals in the group uh, to do their own things, play by their own strengths, and cr take credit for their achievements. You allow for that person to grow and thus allow the group to grow stronger as a unit altogether. Good leadership isn't defined by one individual, but the entire group or team. If everyone has the roles and plays to their strengths, then everyone succeeds and shows a good reflection of their leadership. It's one of those things where if everyone's doing their part, you all succeed. If it's one person that's lacking, you're all not going to succeed. So we all have to make sure that we're working together as a group towards that one common goal. I like that. That's good stuff right there. So what is a good leader? So from the book, The 21 Laws, uh, let's start off from a great quote from the book here. The bottom line in leadership isn't how far we advance ourselves, but it is how far we advance others. End quote there. So that's a, that's a huge quote looking at the aspect from what Alex just talked about from the team aspect, you know, looking at the group, not necessarily one individual, but making sure that the leader knows who his followers are and taking those followers along with him. It's not just about the one person. So some of the laws that I want to go into right now about being a good leader that stuck out to me are the laws of the lid laws of process and the laws of respect. So the law of the lid is essentially just the ceiling of one's potential. So not every leader will be a perfect 10 on a 10, checking off all the boxes, things along those lines, but they will have room for improvement in all aspects of leadership forever. So you're not gonna see a person with a 10 out of 10 on every single box. You know, they're gonna have room for improvement no matter what. They're just always trying to just keep gaining ground on that potential that they have. The second one is the law of process. It talks about uh, developing daily, not just um, on an individual basis here. So the fact is leaders are not made in one day, like Maxwell believes, you know, it takes time to mold them to become a great leader. They need to continue molding themselves, becoming a well-rounded individual. Leaders also need to see the process within, within their followers, the process that aligns all of these people as a group and what they're going towards. The third one is the law of respect. 
To me, this applies in so many different aspects of life, but especially in that role of leadership, respect is always a two-way street. I always think about the old quote there, uh, you have to give respect to get it. Absolutely. Uh, leaders need to understand their follower. Their following is voluntary. This means that if followers feel undervalued, underappreciated, or disrespected, they will leave or rebel the follower. You know, it's just common Makes sense. sense. Absolutely. You know, we've seen a lot of that right now with everything else going on. So. You know, just knowing that you, they're also individuals, they're human beings and showing them just, you know, even just the minuscule amount of respect that they need or that they deserve might make them and might make the group a little bit more cohesive and, and following as a whole. So once again, the running theme of this book, though, is that you can't focus on one of these things. So I just talked about the three. Those are just kind of the three that stuck out in my mind, kind of bouncing off of Alex right here. Um, but it's still all 21 of these, you know, I just picked the three, but I would say you need to be the kind of the more Swiss army knife, um, is more useful in this situation of leadership than just a regular knife. Absolutely. So. Multiple tools, better, but tools are better than one. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, now that we've kind of dived in and gave a big dissection of what leadership really is, let's go into talking about what makes someone a good leader. Uh, now that we've gone into what leadership is, we can start to look at what a good leader looks like. Practice two and three, inspired a shared vision and challenged a process. Um, and the five practices of model of exemplary leadership gave a lot of insight of what good leaders look like and putting the idea of leadership with clear values and setting the example into manifestation. Beginning with practice two, inspired a shared vision. Leaders have a clear vision of what the future can be and are confident they can deliver the future. To make your vision a reality, you must help others to see and own shared visions. Again, this is broken down into components, be able to envision the future and able to enlist others. As a leader, you must have a unique vision of the future that you are clear and passionate about and that is for the common good. Only then can you get people to come together and commit to it. You should be able to imagine the possibilities or different outcomes based on the decisions you make for the group or the team. Exemplary leaders are looking forward or forward looking and have a gut sense of what the future can be. Explore your intuition fully to get a clear uh, understanding on what you truly care about and why. Leaders also have rationale to why they are leading the team and where they are going by finding a common purpose amongst the group or team. People don't want to just follow leaders' visions. They want to fulfill their own hopes, visions, and aspirations. Hence, you'll need to involve people in the vision development process and find a shared vision that fulfills a common purpose. Once the common purpose is identified, you need to build the common ground and ignite passion and emotions um, for the vision. And here's a quote, to achieve the ex extraordinary, we must capture not just the minds, but also the hearts, end quote. In order to enlist others, it is ideal to appear in common or appeal to the common group or team's ideal in a given situation. Help people to see how their dreams are aligned with your vision. And here's a quicker overview. Relate to what's meaningful. Most, most people crave to be part of something significant and groundbreaking. That typically relates to ideal like freedom, world peace, and uh, self-authentication. You must need or you will need to communicate how by being a part of your vision, people can concurrently make a difference and meet their own long-term goals. Make it special. Help people feel special and proud of being part of something unique so they become an ambassador. And number three, align your vision with people's dreams and get them excited by giving them meaningful purposes and showing them how to dream can be realized. Once the vision and direction has been created and decided amongst all, it is crucial that the leaders animate the vision. Ignite the excitement and passion in others by bringing the vision of life to life.
Again, if you can be the leader that shows actions speaks louder than words, you're bound to enlist more followers. One huge aspect of what good leadership looks like is also modeled in practice three, uh, challenge the process. As con uh, condense or condescending as it may sound, if you're a leader who doesn't challenge the norm, it isn't an innovative or looking for new ideas or new ways to look and tackle problems, you are really just a leader or of a group or just a follower of another group carrying on true leaders' ways. Uh, exemplary leaders don't just pioneer new breakthroughs themselves. They ex constantly venture outside themselves and their organizations for potential innovations. In order to do this, a leader must be able to search for or opportunities and be comfortable with experimenting and risk-taking. It goes with that old saying, nothing venture, nothing gain. A leader must be able to take an unfamiliar situation, no matter the outcome, and accept it, learn from it as a leader and from the group or team. Wow. Way to set the tone there, Alex. That was a great <laughs> answer. Um, to go along with some of those points that you made there, laws of connection from the book, laws of empowerment, laws of sacrifice, laws of buying really go hand in hand with what you're saying here. So followers need to take that feeling of connection to the leader um, in the group in order to feel valued and appreciated, right? Followers need that feeling uh, of a connection to the leader, obviously. Alex, you talked about that feeling of something meaningful. The empowerment that a leader can give to followers, if that feeling is meaningful, it shows purpose in everything that they do, so they really get that, that meaningfulness out of that. I know the third thing that you mentioned, Alex, was aligning vision. The law of picture talks about knowing where you are headed, seeing the big picture, knowing where you are headed, and even how to get there. It is the vision of the group and the leader that need to be the same without all things working in unison laws like the law of buy-in and having followers that are willing to work as a group towards the goal and work well with others. Those things will not happen. Leaders need to buy into what they are striving for as well. Both followers and leaders need to be ready to make sacrifices for the group. Hence the law of sacrifice. Um, and then along with the 21 laws, once again, they all just kind of come together. So one after another here, seeing the law of sacrifice working in with the buy-in, right? If you're not buying in, you're not going to see that sacrifice from the leader, from the followers itself. So just some, mm -hmm. some good things to add to yeah. what you've said so far. Absolutely. Very cool stuff. And it's kind of nice how much ours is aligning. Yes. Um, so moving into our fourth question, how what you read connects to the articles and theories covered in class. Obviously, this is an important topic to cover because if you're not applying stuff you're learning on a daily basis, um, what's the point of learning it? Um, during week four of our KNR 430 sports industry class, we really took a deep look into leadership and how it can be applied in both a general sense as well in the sports world. In all, an article we read, uh, leadership Gets Results by Daniel Goleman goes into detailing different styles of leadership people employ, whether it is just one multiple styles or combined. Also, such based on the five practices of exemplary leadership previously discussed and how they intertwine with each style. These six leadership styles include cohesive, authoritative, affiliative, democratic, uh, pace setting, and coaching. Much like the five practices, the more coaching styles a leader can show or the most practices or more practices a leader demonstrates, the more effective the leader will be in any given environment. As mentioned by Goldman, many studies, including the one, have shown that the more styles a leader exhibits, the better. Leaders who have mastered four or more, especially the authoritative, democratic, affiliative, and coaching styles, have the very best climate and business performance. And the most effective leaders switch flexibility among the leadership styles as needed, close quote. 
It's very difficult for a leader to be successful in his role without him or her being constantly adaptive and also not having more than one leadership tool in their tool belt, whether that is from a six leadership style or five practices of exemplary leadership. It's very important that a leader holds onto leadership qualities they already have um, at, at, and equally as important to work on the ones they lack or do not have at all. Every team, group, and organization will be different in how they respond to a leader. It is critical to be able to recognize this and be able to adapt on the fly when need be. So this article, Leadership Gets Results by Goldman, speaks volumes to the discipline, the hard work, and the ethic, the ethics that people need to be a leader. Each of the six styles work together alongside with these 21 laws as well, some of which overlap with laws. Uh, but as the article states, managing the six styles makes a great leader. It's exactly what John Maxwell is stating with these laws. It is not about perfecting one or even 12 of the laws. It is about striving to be well-rounded and a per perfection individual in that roundedness. Uh, this adaptability that a leader needs in uh, common areas will cross over many leadership books and ideals and beliefs as well. So you can cover many bases. That's why all of these things like this article, your book, my book, they all just kind of overlap and overlay a little bit because all of these beliefs and ideals will come together to form a great leader. So, you know, taking things from different books even is going to make you a well-rounded individual. And every athlete, worker, follower, et cetera, is different. So leaders need to be flexible to fit all of those. They need to know who will follow them, what it means to get different people to follow them, whether it's taking on all six styles of coaching or whether it's taking on all 21 laws or all five um, leadership styles like you've talked about. Absolutely. All right, before we get going today for our first podcast, let's go ahead and dive into our last topic. Um, how do you think what you read can be applied to sports professionals in the professional and personal lives? Um, using the final practice and the five practices of exemplary leadership encourage the heart and some good advice and help sports professionals can apply the idea of leadership and can be leaders in their own way in both a professional and personal sense. The road to success can be a long and very tiredous. Um, obviously, with any types of success comes hard work. Exemplary leaders motivate and support their followers through gen genuine care and appreciation. Practice five encourage our also has two components recognizing contribution and celebrating the values and victories. Recognizing contributions is a key part to not only becoming a leader and demonstrating leadership, but also play players a huge role on the road to success. Finding ways to contribute in both a professional sense and personal sense will only, only increase with uh, respect people have for you as well as the amount of people who take notice. Whether there is a contribution at work project and a team in a marriage with a family, contribution is given a task on a project or at work in a team um, situation calls on for an opportunity to show that you can lead, whether that is in a minor or major role. Um, the more an individual con uh, contributes, the more often he or she, the more people will want to look at for guidance or assistance. Um, who will step up on the plate when there is a task and who will sit back is what it really comes down to. Um, go ahead, Travis. Go ahead and round us off. Ooh. So for me, the Book of 21 Laws, well, first off, 21 laws. It is obviously a lot, like we said before. <laughs> um, it is something that no one could probably memorize, but characteristics that everybody should know, and especially those that are great leaders should know. Knowing all of these 21 laws should that should be applied to aspects of leadership that people can take with them um, to make them not only be a leader, but a good leader, and then eventually turn them into a great leader. Um, in, order, in order to be a great leader, uh, like you spoke on a little, Alex, 
if you're taking these laws and applying them to not only your leadership role, but also into your personal life that is going to make you the best leader possible. So living with these laws every single day, day in and day out, not just when you are on the job or in the leadership position, but working with and on these laws from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to bed uh, will really make you that perfect leader. Absolutely. You could probably even dream on them if you really wanted to. <laughs> um, but the biggest takeaway for people is to use these laws as pillars and to build on them and create them into a more well-rounded portfolio. You know, there's no need for the dictatorships, for the democratic approaches. You know, it's really that mold and knowing um, the situation, the followers and the context of what you're doing and, and who you're leading. And I think one more thing before we go ahead and close out the what I think is really important from a leader's perspective as well is to make sure that you're always celebrating those small victories, whether they're oh, large or small, absolutely. you know, it's just like, you don't want to be able to do all this hard work and then at the end of the day, not be appreciated for it. So it's, a, it's always going to give that praise. It's back, a big, you know? it's a big production and knowing like your audience, you know, absolutely, it, and knowing who you're catering to and knowing your followers and making sure that, that everyone is, is a part of it. And, knowing who you're talking to, how you're going to talk to them, how you're going to approach right. them. And it goes from work. It goes from a work perspective. It goes from a family perspective. Like it doesn't really matter what environment it is. If you're the leader of your family, leader of a, you know, organization, a group, a team, it doesn't matter who it is. Everyone deserves their individual praise for whatever good things they've done. Absolutely. It's a positive, you know, reinforcement type of deal. 100%. I couldn't agree more right there. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you guys for listening to our first podcast and leadership uh, with Travis and I today. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, try to do a little bit better last time. Uh, next time, we uh, we like talking a lot. We like talking to you guys. Leadership is something we're super passionate about. Um, but we just want to appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you for listening, and we hope you all come back and listen to our next podcast. Yeah, take it easy.